Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. Folks, we've been working, we've been coming together every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. on these beautiful global, global warming Saturday afternoons for the last five years because you've identified us as being an effective watchman. That does bring a perspective to you that, that you only get right here on this show. So you, you jump into this with us because you know that we bring it to you at the speed of sound and, and you like the way that sounds. So we're going to talk a little bit a little bit today about how communism is likened to climate change and how it's going to kill millions. We're going to talk a little bit about um, I think oh, we want to get a little bit more into what's going on here with uh, you know with uh, Tucker Carlson I think and what's interesting is he's making a stunning prediction of what he thinks is going to happen. And uh, CNN I guess they had a they had to highlight the fatal flaw in Trump's New York lawsuit against Trump. That's something else we can talk about. But we'll get into this today, folks. And we're going to Let's jump right into it. I'm gonna. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, about what's going on right now with the, uh, you know how how does communism like in the how does communism and climate change what do they have in common? I mean that's really really interesting. You know the Biden administration and the tyrannical central planners across the globe continue to push their control, uh, push control of people's lives to an overbearing climate change agenda. You know, implementing socialism under the guise of saving the planet, that the human cost of their lunacy is becoming increasingly glaring. When a brush fire rips through Maori town of La Haina in August, 10 days to burn out, traveling a mile a minute, okay, at 60 miles an hour, okay, uh, water to keep it from advancing was unavailable, okay, so they, there was no water to put the fire out. Access to the water should have been predicated on conversations about equity, I guess. But according to the Hawaii official under the fire under fire for delaying access to water during the wildfires, okay, um, M. Kaleo Manuel, former deputy director of Hawaii Commissioner of Water Water Resource Management, waited more than five hours to release to release the uh, water during the fires that devastated the island. I want to point that out because it's important that we understand what happened. You know, there's a lot of people wondering what happened in Maui. And and honestly, it's, it's again, climate change, okay? You got these incompetent people leading city government, leading state government, leading, leading these, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the officials, okay, that, that are now under fire for the deaths that took place. And the fact that you can't, that, that right now in Maui, you're, you're unable to, you know, there's no reporters going through looking, uh, you know, for, for facts. There's really not a lot there. Okay. There's not, not a lot being revealed here. And, and, and honestly, you wonder how could a fire, how could a fire take over a town like that with all the resources they have on the island of Oahu? Okay. They have the Navy bases. They got the Army bases. They got all these military apparatuses in place. I mean, not one of the planes got off the ground to put these fires out. These fires burned for 10 days, 10 days. I mean, this isn't some obscure island in the South Pacific with no fire hydrants and no trucks and no apparatus in place to fight the fire. No, folks, this is the state of Hawaii. The fact that we could have an, an island surrounded by water, how could any fire burn uncontrollably for that long? How could that even happen? How could that even happen? Think about it. I mean, we're looking right now at, at, at and then look, these, these are the questions that are being asked. And of course, the answers aren't forthcoming. But what we can answer, because we can on our show, we can pontificate all we want. So we're going to do it. 
Um, I would say, folks, this is what an incompetent government looks like. It really is. You've got people that have jobs, not because of the abilities that, that they possess, not because of the achievements they've had in their life before they got the job, and certainly not in the promise of achievement. Okay, They got the job because of some favoritism or some other way of nepotism or some other ism that got them a job for some reason other than competency. This is what a mediocrity looks like. People in jobs for reasons other than their competency and capabilities. I mean, that's what you see right now in Hawaii. And I think it's very compelling because, you know, I mean, you're you're wondering, I mean, they, they didn't turn the water on. Okay, because of climate change, I don't understand it. They, they, they couldn't fight the fire. This fire took over that whole town and burned people, burned families in their cars, burned families in their homes. I think what's really all what what's really devastatingly true here, and, and we're not getting all the facts, but they've they've actually barricaded the town. I mean, reporters, people can't get in and and find out what the story is. I mean, I think they have lost hundreds and hundreds of people, but right now we don't get the full facts. So the same government that couldn't put a fire out for ten days an island surrounded by water, okay, are the same people that are trying to get, allegedly trying to get to the bottom of what happened. Well, folks, let me help you here. They're not trying to get to the bottom of anything, okay? They don't, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about what happened. You know, I mean, when you look at the fire in Maui, you look at what what, what happened there. I mean, you compare with the, the Great Chicago Fire, it's just unbelievable, okay? The Great Chicago Fire burned the same amount of acreage at the that the fire in Maui just burned. The difference is the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, you know, the one they put out with horse-drawn carriages and squirt guns that were pumped up with air on, on my hand, okay? Okay, those people, okay, are are now, are, are we're making a comparison, that's that's what effective efficient government puts out a fire. I mean, they, they put the fire out in one day. I mean, I think that's very, very, that's very, very compelling. And that's what happened. And so, you know, you, you just wonder, you wonder what happens with people and you wonder, well, like, why is it that they couldn't put the fire out? Well, was it that didn't, that they didn't do? I, I don't get it. Other than the fact that the fire just burned on for 10 days and now they're trying to cover things up. I don't know. And it, it is a tendency of a bureaucrat to cover up their mistakes, but I don't know what else could have taken place there. But I think it's interesting that we had fires that started up all over the place. They couldn't put the fires out. I want to talk a little bit about what happened uh, yesterday about uh, Joe Biden as he delivers marks from the Rose Garden um, following the re release of the jobs report. Um, and I talked a little bit about the jobs report in the last show. But what, what you don't hear in the in the media is you don't hear the number of people who leave the workforce. You, you know, the growth of the job, the growth of the labor market, the number of employed Americans is dropping every month, every day, every month. It has been dropping every day and every month that O'Biden's been in our office. So the labor market is smaller today than it was three years ago. That's a fact. Three years ago, the labor market uh, was about 167, 168 million people. Today, it's about 157 million people. Okay, so the labor market's about 10 million people smaller than it was three years ago. Well, how is that even possible? Well, it is, folks. It's, it's, it is. And so when they have these jobs reports come out, oh, Biden comes out, he does his little, his little sleepwalking event. He, he talks about the jobs that were created, but he overlooks the fact that many other people leaving the workforce. Okay. 
because they're, they're denying the economic reality brought brought on by oh Biden and his economics, okay, or that what they call Bidenomics, okay. You know, according to Biden, even though the unemployment rate is going up a little bit, he, you know, he says, well, you know, August is fine because he managed to keep unemployment below fourteen percent. I thought that was amazing. So he makes the de declaration that he everything's fine because he's able to keep unemployment below 14%. He also tried to argue that the U.S. was has the lowest inflation of, of rate among the major economies, even though that PolitiFact, okay, check that claim made by O'Biden earlier th this past week and noted Denmark, Greece, Portugal, South Korea, Spain, Switzerland. Oh, are there any others? They all have lower inflation rates in the U.S. But it's, again, I, what I talk about here is the inflation rate is not the measure of a strong workforce. It's the employment market and comparing it to where it was two, three, four, five years ago. Where is it today? The employment market should be growing. It's like the growth of a business. A business should have should have increases. You should see some improvements in some areas. Now, you may not always have income increases. You may sometimes have income decreases. But one thing is for sure, you don't see a crash and burning of 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 business if you do you've got the wrong people running the business so what you're looking at i think with the economy is when you're losing three hundred fifty thousand people in the workforce every month okay and you're only adding one hundred and eighty thousand people to the workforce every month well again you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out you're losing 160 170 000 jobs a month out of the overall working america okay every month that's not a good thing, okay? At the end of a year, okay, that's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be over a million and a half people, okay? This is what you're going to see, and that's just in a normal situation of what you're seeing right now. No, but uh, it's just it, it's just really, really amazing what you're looking at here. And so we have to understand the growth of the economy is what it is. And ignoring the fact that Americans' budgets suffered uh, real wages are turning and they remain negative for about 24 consecutive months as Biden inflation and Making, uh, making uh, goods and services nearly 16% more expensive than O'Biden took office, or 61% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. O'Biden's literally turning his back on economic woes. So why are so many Americans living paycheck to paycheck was a question that was thrown at him by the press. And O'Biden couldn't be bothered to answer that one or shout inquiries, and he basically wanted to answer it. And so he sought his back to the West Ring where they found all the cocaine. So that's where he's going off. But, you know, it was a reporter basically reported on, on one of these news channels or fake news channels or whatever. By the end of July, 61% of Americans say that they're still living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, that's just a fact. Now, I, I, I think it's even more than that. I think you've got a lot of people that can't afford a $300 emergency. These are things that you're looking at. So what you're seeing right now in O'Biden's world, if you will, is you're seeing that you're seeing the, the failing, if you will, of, of his economy and you're seeing the, the growth of unemployed America. This is what I mean. This is what's going on. And uh, and basically, I just think it's important that we understand that. So how we handle it going forward is important. And so we just got to understand that oh, Biden has no answers for the economy. He has no answers at all for the economy. These are facts that we can see because he's created this bad economy, okay? And uh, Anyway, so it's just interesting. I just wanted to bring that up. You know, the economy right now, like I said, is, is you know, when you're seeing gas prices go up and you're seeing no energy policy, 
okay, and you're seeing, uh, you know, expansion and businesses are failing because they can't expand, and you see regulations from the EPA that are crushing it, other regulations that are crushing business growth and expansion. I mean, this is all what you're looking at every day. And it's just compelling because, you, you know, we have to understand that this is what brings on, okay, a crashing economy. And so I just think it's important to look at. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, what we're seeing right now is this, is the, the denial at full, is full trend. That's what you're seeing, a denial. But anyway, um, it's just, I guess, that let's look a little bit into the unapologetic media hopes and, and what's coming up one after the other we're, we're being inundated with media hopes because this is what you're seeing all the time you know the media continues to misinform by 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 serially ignoring facts okay journalists had been honest and independent had that been the case then biden might not have lost might have lost the debate and would have lost the election but the journalists weren't honest okay they're not honest okay so i mean reporters ignore the ukrainians who claimed biden himself talked to them about quid pro quo they, they ignored and they discounted Hunter's laptop explicitly, demonstrating that Hunter was whining and, you know, and, and that he handed over large percentages of his income to his dad. They just played that down. They played dumb about Joe Biden's use of, 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 uh, of pseudonyms and aliases and email accounts and so forth. They attacked the former Ukrainian prosecutor, uh, Shokin, who, who claims that Ukrainians likely bribed Biden. Okay, but again, the media can no longer hide the reality. That the President of the United States likely took bribes to influence or alter U.S. policy to suit his play, to suit to suit his, the people paying. So, I think you know these are things that are they're going to be an issue for Biden, and you know the denial that the media has has instead pivoted with hysterical glee over various weaponized prosecutions of Trump are now used to uh, a, a progressive catchphrase. The proverbial walls are closing in on Biden. So it, again, uh, you know, only if Joe Biden's cognitive and physical health continue to deteriorate geometrically to the point that he can no longer finish his term or run for election, become, you know, he becomes expendable. But again, from 2015 to 2019, we were suffocated by 24-7 news cycles with lies of Russia, 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 and Putin's puppet and rigging elections and steel dossier and the whole bit and all of all of the uh the quote-unquote evidence was proven to be completely fraud cooked up through hillary clinton's you know stealthily hiring of a of a of an and collusion with a discredited ex-british spy a russian fabulous in the brookings institute and 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 a clinton ready a clinton a toady in moscow did the did they again media apologize for their own truth you know i mean why would she get away with bleach bidding her, her her servers and whatnot? How did that all happen? You know, was there any media confessional that, you know, Robert Mueller and his left-wing legal team that, you know, that they, uh, that they uh, you know, basically came together on? No, not at all. They said the media went right next to the phone call impeachment. They just jumped from one thing to the next. You know, what you're seeing a lot of times, I mean, um, like on the on, on like on the accusation that Trump was impeached, and then the truth emerges that unlike Biden, Trump never threatened to cancel aid, but merely delay it. You know, if you we, we remember how Joe Joe Biden handled his Ukrainian thing, he said, "We're not going to whistle. We're not going to give you any money if you don't fire the guy. You don't fire the guy. By the time my plane leaves the ground, you better fire the guy." I mean, this is we all heard the tape, okay? But but nobody got into Biden's 
name on that. But so we all we all watched that happen. You know, Trump was fitting that uh, the Bidens were knee deep in Ukrainian bribes and influence peddling, and and that's that's what that's what it is. But again, you look at journalistic glee uh, that we that we impeached the president for crimes that he did not commit. I mean, we watched that. We just went through all that. And then we had the subsequent hosts of the of the Russia fabricated facsimile of Hunter's laptop, okay? And the 2020 Biden campaign and the XCIA had rounded up 51 intelligence authorities to oh, yeah, 51 intelligence authorities. They, they well, Biden said in one debate. I have 51 intelligence people that say that's not true. You know, Moscow supposedly had created fake nude pictures, fake photos of Hunter's drug use, and that th- th- there was all Russian misinformation. That's what they were trying to say. But again, no apologies followed when the FBI later admitted that it kept the laptop under wraps for more than a year and knew it was authentic. No apologies for anybody. Said nothing as the media and former spooks, uh, spokesperson misled the, the country and, and, and warped an election. No, there was nothing there on that. Now we're, now we're, now we're, uh, uh, now we're, we're, we're just thrown into uh, the last four court trials on cooked up charges. All right. We're, 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 we're enamored with that. That, that could easily apply to the host of Democrats, just to Trump, okay? But the last eight years, discredited media never, ever expressed remorse for any of the problems and damage that they occurred in this country. Nothing they did, nothing. I mean, that's the truth of it all. And they won't, they won't do it again. When their latest myth, myth, mythological indictments are eventually exposed, you won't, you won't hear any apologies, nothing like that. This is what's going to happen. This is all going to fizzle out. This is all about trying to take Trump out of the campaign trail. That's all this is about. And uh, it's all about trying to just take that out. That's what they're trying to figure out. And honestly, it, people are just tired of it. They're, they're not interested in, in adhering to it anymore. And I think they're going to see a lot. I think what you're going to see is a lot of that. Um, people just turning against the Democrat Party. I mean, it's ironic. It's ironic, but you're going to see it, okay? But anyway, um, I wanted to jump a little bit while we still have a little time left on uh, the, um, you know, is 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 uh, is Joe Biden's age going to be an issue in 2024? And and I think that's just something to think about. I mean, I I don't know if it's his age is going to be so much as an issue. It's just his lack of impairment, lack of a cognition, okay? Um. You know, there's a poll that was fully, fully 77% said Biden is too old to be effective for four more years. 77%, 86, and you know, he's going to turn 86. So naturally, you know, almost all the Republicans agree, but but also 7 out of 10 Democrats agree. Okay, and then 75% of independents agree. So everybody, even 7 out of 10 Democrats believe, oh, Biden's going to be too old. Okay, and so that's just something to think about. And when they asked about Donald Trump, who's 77, about half the U.S. adults said Trump is too old, but for Democrats, are far more likely to disqualify Trump by aging or Republicans. Trump is now the age that Ronald Reagan was at the, at the end of his second term. So they're trying to make comments on that. But voters of all ages have grown concerned that Dianne Feinstein's 90 and she's she's too old. She's being told that what to do on the job and Senate later, Mitch McConnell's 81. He's got He's had some issues. We've all watched his cognitive issues at 81 years old as he's frozen in the silence of press conferences. The reality is, as long as a career politician decides to run past their prime voters, have, tend, have always tended to reelect them. So Strom Thurmond left office when he was 100, and it's evidence 
everyone that in Washington, a lot, all these people go too long. The general election threat for Trump and Biden, though, is, is that the people might want a younger candidate, but you're not going to see that with Trump. I think it's more of a general threat for a Biden. It's not, you know, there are people that say that, but I don't buy it. And uh, I don't buy it. I mean, G CNN's Jake Tapper asked a Jean Pierre about the people that showed Biden was concerned about that. Uh, I should say his team was concerned that most voters think he doesn't have the stamina to serve. And she said, well, it's hard for us to keep up with this with this president who is constantly, constantly working every day to get things done. So she's saying that's very hard for them to keep up with Biden. I think that's interesting. So let's spend the rest of our minutes here talking about that. What could Biden possibly be doing that's hard for them to keep up with? I mean, honestly. I mean, when you're looking at, you know, a person that, you know, basically wants to spend his days eating ice cream, sitting on a porch or whatever, this is a guy who doesn't do pressers because he, he doesn't do pressers because he doesn't want to put himself out there. This is a guy that can't hold a sentence. He can't, he's got, he can't read cue cards. He can't read a teleprompter. This is a guy who, well, he loses track of his thoughts in the middle of a speech. He falls asleep during speeches and, and releases with, uh, you know, with, with uh, it should say press releases and, and, and interviews with, with the foreign leaders and so forth. This is what this guy's doing. So let's just cut the comedy. Okay. This is what we have. Okay. Oh, Biden is not doing anything that John Pierre can't keep up with. Okay. I think it's just, uh, I mean, if, you know, if, if they have trouble keeping up with them, maybe suggest going in for some diagnostics. Okay. This is like when, when that 20 something reporter suffered through, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's workout. I mean, that's, that's, that's really is that's, I remember that, you know, Ruth Bader, the, 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 her staffer said, I can't keep up with Ruth Bader Ginsburg's workouts. That's pretty hilarious in of itself. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Nancy Pelosi's denigrating comments and uh, her latest comments. And, and, uh, as we, uh, we can compare it to Hillary's basket full of deplorables. And we wonder if it's going to have the same effect to help Trump just as Hillary's comments did what's really interesting and you we, we we remember when the democratic when when hillary clinton made that comment she used a basket full of deplorables well you know here we are now with uh you know nancy Pelosi, and she's on her she's got her own basket full of deplorables moment during an interview and she said she could uh i just think it's very compelling on that so she's trying to downplay trump's popularity with the republican base and Pelosi pointed out that trump's is popular among his group as a way to sort of correct the interview or pointing out that Trump is so popular. Uh, it, it makes clear that she's never surprised about the support Trump, <laughs> but the support Trump allows, he said, is more accurate to say. It's interesting to see how there's a certain element of population who would just go for him. There's people who would we would probably never get, okay? They, they don't share our values. So what values are those, Nancy Pelosi? Reprobate values. They don't share our repu our repu our reprobate values, and and um, in terms of respect for the dignity, the worth of every person uh, that they see fit. Okay, <laughs> they see fit. I mean, um, I I would just I think it's really interesting. See, they're out of touch. These people are out of touch, and it comes more and more apparent because they truly don't get it. They truly don't get it. They are out of touch. They don't get it. I think it's important that we understand that. I think when we see what happens with with these out of touch bureaucrats when they try to connect with people, like when when O'Biden was in Hawaii and he made the comment, he said, uh, 
yeah, I know what it's like to lose something. I had my car burned up, my, my 67 Corvette burned up. You know, he's talking to people that lost family members. He's talking to people that lost loved ones. It's just very compelling how these people are out of touch. And I think this is why people like Trump and they connect with Trump. But anyway, folks, thanks again for being with us. Thanks for tuning into us and spending time with us this Saturday and every Saturday for the last five years on this show on Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Thanks for being with us today. See you next week on The Watchman. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.